Hey folks, welcome to another episode. We're excited that you're here. But before we begin, we want to make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out. Follow us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you are listening to us, you're listening to us on some sort of podcast provider. So make sure you're subscribed. Uh, We are literally everywhere that you can listen to a podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all the things. It's going to be great. This was a fun episode. Our dribbling section, our dabbling section, uh, rather, uh, was literally about Colin Kaepernick and his job status and our thoughts behind it and police brutality and all these different things. So that was kind of cool to kind of chat about. And then our dribbling section. So, what did we talk about? We had a lot of stuff to talk about in the dribbling section, which we didn't think we were going to. No, we didn't. But there's the James Hardens of the world. Bri fell asleep during that. She I started did. snoring. I started snoring. Then we went into Luka Doncic, who is... I didn't snore at that part. I was excited about that part. We we don't know what we're watching. It's exciting. This guy is out of nowhere. It's happening. Um, and then we talked about how well LeBron's doing, of course, because it's the LeBron James podcast. And then uh, some stats that are happening in the league and just general, oh, someone got a job. Uh, unemployment papers can now, or unemployment status can now end for Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yep. He has joined the Portland Trailblazers. He sure has. So we watched the game in real time, and I think we just found out that it didn't go his way. But that's okay. <laughs> um, it's first game back. Welcome back, Melo. Yeah, and we just talked some just general LeBron being LeBron, as we do in every cast, and a little bit about load management, which, yeah, you know, we just talk about it. It's good stuff. Dope people are dope, and it's a good episode, so make sure you check in and uh, tell us what you think. All right, folks, let's get into it. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Dabbling Dribbling with Alex and Bri. Hey. It is episode number 90. Nine zero. That's cool. Okay, that was it. What's your uh, um, LeBron and Darko? My, your high and your low. My LeBron. My, well, sorry, What's your my Darko? Darko. Yeah. My Darko. See, I walk through life never thinking about my Darkos. I just roll I feel in. You. I, feel I just you. roll in. Um, it was said to me very recently that something that I say very often, without subconsciously, I don't even realize I'm doing it. Uh-huh. I often say, "Isn't New York City wonderful?" Or blank fill in the blank is the best. Uh-huh. It's the best. Pizza is the best. Bikes are the best. Bry is the best. Bry is the best. Like I say this. You say that at least once a day, right? Hourly, I mean. <laughs> so I think I, I'm struggling to find a Darko this week. So my LeBron, several. Oh, I went hiking this weekend. Wonderful. I went up to Breakneck Ridge, northern New York. Yeah. Uh, well, just out of the city a bit. Yeah. And uh, I've never done that one before. Did you like so, it? I've never done it either. So it is. There are two parts of it. Well, multiple trails you can take. The sure. trail that I took went to Dia Beacon. So oh. I finished off the trail yeah. at Dia Beacon, went there for a while. Uh, Do you spend like a whole day there or like spend overnight or just like you stay the day and come back, <clears throat> came back home? Well, see, I caught the train at 6.45 a.m. Oh, that is early. Tell you what, uh, my friends, if you're going to do six miles and try to make it to Dia Beacon ooh, by 2 p.m., yeah, you got to start early. So I went. Uh, with my partner mm-hmm. and we went up there and we hiked and two of the t- 
two of the climbs were legit climbs. Like they were like vertical. They were some verts. And do you have hiking shoes? Yeah. Oh, I, I have a know. couple. I have the heavy duty boots, uh-huh. the waterproof, and then I have the trail runners. Nice. I brought my trail runners, which will do just fine, and they got lugs on them. Mm-hmm. You do not want to do this with runners. It's just you need. I've been wanting some to, grippers. I feel like I've all the hiking I've done has been pretty low key hiking. Mm. Like it's not really hiking; it's just like walking. You're strolling yeah. through like you know some hills and forests and stuff. It's like really nice. I really want to do some like hardcore hiking, but I would need the gear. For, like I would need at least shoe gear for it. Like in general. you, the shoes will definitely help you on this one, and also a dry day. A dry day. A wet day, any kind of like rain or moisture, yeah, would not make what it you harder. want. Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. There were a couple legit moments where I didn't know where to put my footing. Wow. And I had to figure it out and right. do it. And one where I had to use my whole body to hug a rock to get up to. Oh, my God. That's actually kind of scary. And if you look over your right shoulder, one of the hikers was an older gentleman who mm-hmm. we kept seeing along our trail. He was yeah. like our sage. Mm-hmm. And like your sage. Yeah, we'd catch up <laughs> to him. And he was, you know, he was telling us, you know, he got this kiss earlier on, on the train ride up from a woman from France. And mm-hmm. he says, yeah, I always see you at the tail end of the hike also. And then I get my second kiss. So I'm looking forward to that. When I'm 80, I hope I'm still climbing rocks like that. So this gentleman was telling us, be mindful when you get up on the next rock up there, because on that S curve, uh, if you look over your right shoulder, there's a 500 foot drop. Oh, my God. Our legit was a 500 foot drop. And I had to just. Yeah, like, no, I don't know if I could do this. this trail. I'm <laughs> it was, good. It was doable. It, it, I'm making it sound terrifying. But of the five hours, five and a half hours we were hiking, this was legitimately only three minutes of it. Wow, that was. I mean, was the, like, uh, the 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 steep parts probably you're looking at around that took us like forty five minutes of just that much stuff. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was low key hiking, and then just about three minutes of all right. Let's be careful here. You can do it. Still kind of you scary. can totally do it. No, I know you can totally do it. You'd be you should do it because there are people in the first go of it mm-hmm. off the train where you got to get you have to go early because it gets packed later than than right. that. We saw about 20 people when we first got there. Right. Right in the morning who just, there was one girl. It's hard. She was not even five feet up from the ground. She had all her working functions of her appendages, body, that I could see. Things were moving. She had legs and arms doing their work. And her group was ahead of her. It was a group of probably about 12. And they're like, Oh, come on. No, you can do it. And there's two people hanging back helping her. And she just looked like uh, just trying to live her best she Instagram was, life. Oh she was just no. trying, you know, she was just trying. I'm just trying to get pictures for the gram. And this is hard. Oh, and so she got halfway up and she goes, is it over? Oh, like, no. Yeah, it's over for you. Yeah, you might want to stay back. How is it coming down from one of those? Like, what do you, you mean mentally, same? spiritually or Physically. Physically. Fine, you just walk out through the one I walked out of. We just walked down this little... The same way or different? No, different way. We ended on a different part of the rail, so you could just get off at Beacon, get on the train there, and then come back. Oh, nice. So that's what we did. It was fine. It was super super fun. And then, uh, 
What else this week? I did something else fun this weekend, but I practiced my skateboarding. Yeah, you've been pretty good at my it. Best. My shoulder has been out of commission. If you've been keeping I up know. with the podcast, I it's remember. not. It's but it's feeling a okay, folks. I've stretched really? it out a I lot. Are you stretching right now? Yep, I have no pain now when I lift my arm and That's I can good. move it in all those directions and I feel fine. So before you know it, I'll be doing handsprings and you How know about we jump. Like chill, chill first. What? How about we like? You know, I'm doing some parallel lift. bars and we'll do some of those rings. What do you call the gymnast do those ring yeah, things? Yeah, Can't wait. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a yeah. professional Olympian in just a matter of like a week. Yeah. I, I believe you. The shoulder feels great. How about you, LeBrons and Darkos? My low Darko. Don't really have a ton. I just like these next couple of days, like Thanksgiving is next week, which is like a high. Mm-hmm. Like that's a LeBron, but it's yeah. just, I feel like I have a lot to do. I have a couple of like transitional things happening work wise and personally just like a lot of things to like handle and so I just got triggered when you said transitional things. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I know that's like a work trigger word for you. I pre- I'm sorry. I didn't mean to didn't mean to trigger you. Safe trigger space. warning. Safe space. Safe space. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't um, feel safe. But anyway, so yeah, so I don't have any like super dark. It's just like I just know I gotta like buckle down and hustle the next five working days that I have, um, and just like kill it. Can Can I tell you something else? that was my LeBron on oh, along yeah. those lines. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just like you as a man to do that. But it's because of our penis privilege. Yes, of course. We have <laughs> it's it's very invasive. Of course. Um, we have you've known me. In our time together, to only have a moleskin planner. <gasps> yes. And I'm not leaving the paper world. Okay. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm digital is not for me yet. Yes, I feel you. Maybe it never will be. I'm fine with that. Right. Uh, it doesn't make sense for me to have the planner in 2020, so I'm just going straight bujo. What's bujo? Bullet journal. <gasps> I'm just doing bullet journal. Well, okay. My whole life can be reduced I'm, to a bullet journal. I'm ex- excited to see, like, off off mic, like how you're going to be doing that. Because, like, sure. I do versions of bullet journaling, mm-hmm. but not like hardcore. And so I'm always like intrigued when, pe- like, how people do bullet journaling. So that's exciting. It's a new mental space for me that I I'm really like. It. I'm excited. I'm anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um. So after my rude interruption, um, it wasn't rude. It was sweet. I liked it. Mm. Um. My LeBron is that I was able to uh, celebrate my partner and boyfriend this weekend because it was his birthday. Lovely. And you showed me all the videos and pictures. They and looked amazing. I think. Uh, I set the bar too high. <laughs> I, I would agree. And I would agree. I, Next year is a big birthday for him. I'm going to pretend this year didn't happen. Yeah, you're going to have to because you really. I'm going to drug him so he that, doesn't remember it. Okay. That's honestly, I cannot. I easily in my memory bank cannot think of anyone who has done a more intentional birthday yeah. for a person. In my life, <laughs> I have never seen anyone do the number of things that you orchestrated yeah. with the number of people involved yeah. and venues around New York City yeah. to celebrate someone's day of birth. I mean, I kind of like the guy. And, and. <laughs> You're saying so. And <laughs> Say it, You buddy. commemorated the person who did the work on the day, his mother, for giving him birth. Yeah, I mean, she did all the work. Giving them she matching just, gifts. I mean, 
he just showed up and matching crowns buddy we we've talked about this even for your birthday we shot out i'm that. not we, saying it's not a legit tribute i'm not saying it's not worth a tribute <laughs> birthday i should be saying happy birthday to my mom because like happy day you gave birth mom like yeah. I, for me it's just like happy show up day right no um, literally so call it what it is yeah the verb in there is hers yeah the the like noun is me <laughs> yeah so, i am the subject yeah, she I'm, did all the verbs. She did all the work. Yeah, all the action was hers. Um, but no, no, you did if an anything, amazing you job. Man complicated it. If you've always been good at, at orchestrating and coordinating things for big events. You've done it with people's weddings. You've done it with funerals. You've done it with numerous, yeah. like probably baby showers and. Yeah, I've done wedding yeah. showers. Yeah, all so those it things. makes sense you had all the skill sets to do this birthday. It was yeah. it was easy. It was super. Uh, it wasn't easy. Um, it's just uh, it's take it from me. I'm a man. It was easy. Uh, <laughs> oh, you had yeah. no trouble at all. With I had this. no trouble. I didn't freak out at all ever during the process. Um, no, it was cool, and he was surprised. He had no idea what was going on throughout the day, so it was cool to just see him surprised mm-hmm. and grateful for. Um, the day that he had. What are you gonna do with the videos? You can, you, if you don't want to tell me, because he listens to this. That's fine. Uh, something. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm gonna do something with okay. it. Okay. And honestly, probably mostly for his mom than him, because his mom is like super sentimental mm-hmm. and like lovely, and so I right, probably just kind of be like, "This is what your your day, your son's day was like." Yeah. And because she had, a, she knew that I was doing something with him mm-hmm. all day, but he, she didn't know like the extent to what it was. Because yeah. some of it was like changing, like as it, like some of it like even changed the day of mm-hmm. based on like weather and stuff. So, um, she was a big part of the like the big final surprise, which yeah. was a, a really nice dinner with his family and friends, and mm-hmm. he was super surprised and I'm yeah it's it was kind of like a very big thing to do together mm-hmm. without realizing we were doing it together so it was kind of cool made me feel all like warm and fuzzy inside maybe have feelings I don't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I also like it mm-hmm. it's so weird that's yeah, strange it's a it strange is feeling. I mean every time when I was saying all these things too you were like squirming in your pants yeah <laughs> and you're like I I get it. <laughs> ah, I hate that I understand is what <laughs> that, I said. I think that's what you said. I hate that I understand. <laughs> yeah. But a year ago, I wouldn't have gotten it. Now I, it makes more sense to me. Um, like, yeah. When you care about like somebody. You, I feel like when you know, you know, right? Like when it's, when it feels right, it feels right. Even like, I was like saying, even like, even some of the tough things that, I mean, I've been with this person a little bit longer than you have mm-hmm. been with. Uh, well, significantly longer. Yeah. And we, well, I've also oh, known, a year longer. Yeah. It's yeah. been a year longer. And I think we've also like, we've also known each other for some time too, mm-hmm. but maybe not as closely. And then it was just, yeah. you know, so I think it's, it's an interesting thing to navigate of like, you know, we've gone through some like stuff together, like personally, just me and him or, mm-hmm. you know, things he was struggling with and going through or things I was struggling with and going through ups and downs, successes and things like that. So, mm-hmm. It's so interesting to like navigate life with mm-hmm. just another person. Mm-hmm. Like, if like I was having a bad day, like he's the person I want to talk to about it, even if my bad day involves him. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, even if I'm like annoyed with you, yeah, of course, partner, I'm like, of course, I want to freaking talk about it with you because I don't want to talk about it with anyone else. Not like there's people I go to advice for mm-hmm. things like that in relationships, not to like air out my dirty laundry to people. But I, it's really nice to be like, 
yo, no, like, I'm, like, really upset about this situation that we were in or that you put me in or that I put myself in Mm -hmm. and you were the cause of it or you were the subject of it or, like, whatever it may be. Um, The subject, the verb, the pronoun, I don't know, whatever. Um, And so it's, it's like, weird where, like, yeah, like, I'm upset, I'm angry at something or I'm, like, disappointed about something, but I want to talk to the person I'm disappointed about, not just, like be angry mm-hmm. you know like and when i'm happy about something i want to tell him I, you know it's 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 such a it's really a different i've never felt this way about other people i've dated in this in this manner same and it's it's really scary and it's i always find it so interesting that we both are in this like place yeah together, which i really appreciate maybe people will stop thinking we're dating i mean <laughs> I mean, they may still think we're dating at this yeah, point. Yeah, they probably and, think it's an open relationship or something. I mean, sure. If y'all want to uh, believe that, Alex and I sex every day. You don't even know. This podcast, <laughs> we're we're naked doing this podcast All every day for the last 90 we made episodes. made my roommate feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yep. Doing it in the nude. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, I clearly you and I care very deeply about what other people think about us not um, yeah I was gonna say <laughs> she's joking right yeah I'm 100% joking um, but yeah I mean I just I mean people are gonna believe what they want to believe but it's also like very cool to kind of be in this place together with somebody else like I feel like I've definitely talked to you about stuff relationship wise and I'm like man this is weird I'm yeah. feeling all these feelings and you're like yo I hate that I understand that. Yeah, man. I hope that I hate that that makes sense to me. Yeesh. That's it's a sweet it's a sweet uh, kind. It, it used to be, and it, it still at times is scary. Totally for anybody yeah. to be this um, to be this hitched up and buckled and, and strapped in to this roller I, coaster with someone. Because you and I are incredibly independent people. Yeah, like we have lived a majority of our life. Yeah, I mean, even as children, like I was obviously we only had, child. I mean, you had only siblings. Child, yeah, I was like, but, "Fuck that!" <laughs> nobody else but me. <laughs> Hear that? No, but it, it's like this. Like we've grown up in our own life circumstances, like taking care of ourselves. Yeah, you know, not really like obviously we depended on our parents and things like that mm-hmm, naturally, but sure. like you know, as even in our adulthood, a majority of our adulthood has been like me, myself, and I. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. other people came in, but it just like has always been a little different mm-hmm. um so for us to like for you and i to be like in a weird way like codependent on somebody else hmm. i don't like using that word for my for my um emotional support yes yeah 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, like I mean, you know, I went through a really big loss this year, mm-hmm. and he was there. Mm-hmm. I've gone through really incredible loss before, and I did that by myself. I mean, I did it with community, yeah. of course, but like initially going through the process, the random waves of like, I'm really sad. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like honestly, I've been there for like ninety nine percent of all of that. Yeah. Like I'll remember, I I'll never forget. Like I was at at a moment of like just loneliness mm. um i'm not lo- i'm not lonely but like i just Got had it. this like men's feeling of like yo i mm. lost my uncle like this sucks and mm. i just started tearing up at my desk just like at my desk and just like crying i'm grateful i didn't i was not sharing an office with anyone i was just like 
in like just in tears. <laughs> there was construction guys at the window <laughs> walking by seeing Miss, me. Miss, you okay? <laughs> Miss, and you good? Within two or three minutes, he FaceTimes me. Mm-hmm. And he's at work himself. Mm-hmm. And he knows I'm at work, but he's like taking a lunch and he knows like if I can, I can like, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, wild. Mm-hmm. Like normally I would just go through this myself and I'll just like. But even if he had a face, I would tell him about it. Yeah. But he just like knew to call me. I'm like, why did you want to? He's like, I just wanted to call you. I felt like I needed to call you. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you okay? And I'm like, uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling all these feelings. Aww. But I mean, it's just cool to, it's cool, scary, all these things. But my LeBron is just seeing him happy was kind of a, a really, it was super cool to see that. That's really sweet. Um, yeah, I can't, I, there have been a moments already in my relationship mm-hmm. with my girlfriend where um, one of us has needed time away because of family and sure. concerns there. And that's where yeah. uh, both both times, actually, like we both had those moments for yeah. ourselves and oh, having yeah. someone who can have the emotional bandwidth and consciousness to think okay give them space where need be and give them support yeah from a distance where you can right and so that kind of uh bedrock of understanding is nice and then also being with someone who reflects yourself back to you um for me if you're someone who likes yourself that's really nice (laughs) because it's like I don't have to finish all of my thoughts to this person because I can start to say something Mm -hmm. and then she can just start nodding and nodding and like, you don't need to finish the rest of your sentence. We're the same person. (laughs) Like we are, right, right. Because we have the same kind of brain. Right. It's, it's doing the same work. She, you know, she started to say something to me this weekend and, you know, because I do this and I do that. No, I got, no, I ended, we're the same person (laughs) and we just, it's repulsive. To a point where we just both, what did I say to her? Um, oh, we were hiking and I said, uh, what was your favorite children's book mm-hmm. as a kid? And, or no, what was your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, there's so many. Uh, and then she needed, what did, or maybe she asked me, it doesn't matter. Either way, I said green eggs and ham and she just threw her hands up and she just looked like really frustrated uh-huh. and she goes of course it was green eggs and ham and i was like why what it, why she goes because it you, was she, yeah why she are was, you angry at me she's like because that was my favorite dr seuss book as a kid and i said oh i thought that was a comment on how many calories i intake in a day oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um but no there's a lot of there's uh a being with somebody who gets how you think and your process and you can share those things with that person, be it intimately funny, whatever. Yeah. And that person understands uh, that. Plus they're really hot and, and great to make out with. And you know, <laughs> yeah. all the things that come along with that. Um, yeah. However you define your relationship, I'm <laughs> right. just going to leave it open there. Um, yeah. No, it it's, yeah, it's, when they're hot. <laughs> it's nice when you're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I really want to make out with you right now. Jeez. In the middle of this forest girl is anyone looking right now <laughs> yeah so that's that's really uh that's very sweet what you did for your boyfriend yeah he seems like his smiles said it all yeah i think so better have mm-hmm. i worked really too damn hard for that. yeah you did yeah you did um damn but yeah in the same yeah it's cool it's a cool season to be in a cool and scary and oh my god what the fuck do we get ourselves winter into? time's a great time to snuggle up and be indoors uh, 
I mean, I feel like we do that all the time. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we you got that game down. Yeah, we're, we're just mostly like, yeah, let's not go out. Let's definitely watch a movie here. Or, oh, let's just watch this game. <laughs> we're going to have to figure out what to do, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> all right. There's only one thing I want to talk about during the Dalvin section, and I'm pretty okay. sure you do, too. I'm down for it. All right. So the first and only thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the cap update. The Colin Kaepernick update. Oh, yes. Every once in a while, we'll chime in and say, hey, Capsule doesn't have a job. The update There have been updates. There's been some updates, but the final update is he still doesn't have a job. Sure. Um, so I feel like there's been a lot of hubbubaloo. Hubba there's a lot of hubbubaloo. Hubbubaloo. Thank you. My foreignness came in there and didn't know what the English colloquialism was Isn't for that. Isn't the Jungle Book set in India? I don't know. I was thinking of Baloo, the bear. Uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. Hello, Baloo, uh-huh. hello, Baloo. Uh-huh. And set in India because mm-hmm. Mowgli is a brown boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. What's a bear doing in India? I was, I'm confused. Mm, Unless it's in Africa because there's a lot of Indians in Africa. Are there bears in Africa? I don't know. <laughs> Are there orangutans in India? Yes. Okay. Hmm. I'll Google this later. Keep going. Um, so anyway, the Kaepernick news is kind of interesting. So for those of you who don't know, Colin Kaepernick on, uh, I believe, November 12th was offered a um, was offered a, a workout with the NFL um, for Saturday, which was the 16th. All right. So that was a couple of days ago, three days ago. Um there was a lot of like back and forth that we did not know about until probably recently about like what happened, what was like the background of things of like who offered what, what the timeline was, all these different things. But essentially he was offered a workout and people were, people like me were like, oh my God, he got offered a workout. That's pretty dope. It is at, it was supposed to be at the Atlanta Falcons uh, workout facility where all 32 teams were invited to watch as a way to, in my opinion, the NFL was trying to protect the, the teams and the owners from any backlash that they may have if they invited him to their facility to work out, which is what typically would happen, right? Like if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm interested in a Colin Kaepernick, I'm going to invite him um, to work out, but oh, I have a lot of fans who maybe don't appreciate Colin Kaepernick's stance or actually his kneeling, (laughs) one would say, Mm. uh, regarding um, what he says is police brutality, but I say is, um, you know, American anti-nationalism. Right. I, as in straight, white, Christian, America, people may think. Um... So I had some thoughts about that, and I was like, eh, we're not going to like think too much into it. Last minute, um, Colin changes the venue from the Atlanta Falcons facility to a high school in Atlanta that he, like, I think, believe, I believe he works closely with that high school, is my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. And he was taped uh, basically throwing and, you know, running plays and things like that. He looks good, like, mm-hmm. physically, like, very in shape. Mm-hmm. His arm... As one NFL rep said, uh, is as elite as it was when he got out of college. Like looking good, throwing mm-hmm. some bullets out there. You know, he's able to he's able to do the job. Mm-hmm. After the workout, he comes out and basically is like, 
you know, I've been ready for three years. I'm again, I am um, paraphrasing everything that he's saying. You can go online and find the quotes, but he's basically like, look, my guy, my girl, my homies out there. I've been ready for three years. Y'all the ones that give me a job. Tell your owners to not go running scared, essentially. Like, don't be scared. I'm ready. I've been ready. We've been ready for three years. Right. Um, after he said that, there's been some backlash regarding people's thoughts on how he acted regarding just how he acted throughout this process. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, Stephen A. Smith, was who, we, who was my dope person last week, uh, was just like, yo, he played himself like he should not have like been such a essentially like a diva asking for all of these um, demands regarding um, tape, re- like regarding recording, regarding um, facility of where things were supposed to be, regarding the receivers that he wanted because he like asked for specific receivers and things like that. Um, and Stephen A is like, I just think he just doesn't want the job. He just want he just made this a publicity stunt. There's record that there someone has gone on record saying that like Jay Z was also disappointed that Colin made it a publicity stunt more than a, about the workout because the workout in itself showed that he could do it, but mm-hmm. because of his added what some may say theatrics of how he did the post workout interview um, was something that was interesting um, and not commented on and or not uh, appreciated by certain folks um with all that being said with it's later later on people have said that colin's team was told on the 12th of november that hey you are going to we have this uh saturday date for this workout you have two hours to decide from 11 a.m to 1 p.m you have two hours to decide it was originally posted that they that they were given 36 hours to decide if they wanted to do this workout but they were given two and his lawyers and stuff were like hold on we've already we've already won the lawsuit when it comes to collusion of like the nfl and of him not getting a uh, having a job we already won that suit so we're gonna make sure everything is tip oh, is that already decided yeah all right I so that. so some people thought some there was some like talk that this workout was part of like the deal that was made mm. from that potentially mm. some also think that you know this really happened because jay-z has been involved and was like this man needs a job like Mm. what you guys are not giving a job for a dumb reason like give him a job Mm. give him the opportunity to have a job at least for an interview right if he if he throws like shit cool like he doesn't deserve the job but he clearly doesn't throw like shit um so so they were given only two hours to decide and then there were some issues with uh, taping and filming uh, because not all the though all the teams were invited not all the teams came they wanted to give the tapes to everybody um, there was issues about facilities and things like that and a lot of back and forth um, of like a lot of legalese and things like that which is why facilities were changed and things of that nature because uh, there was a waiver that he needed to sign and he mm-hmm. wasn't going to sign it because he wanted to make sure that like everything was recorded Mm -hmm. essentially so that no one can say oh he's not good like you'd be like no i'm good and if literally him signing the waiver basically like rids the nfl of being sued again for collusion essentially um which makes sense like if you're a good lawyer you look at you look at the terms of agreement you're like no this is this is dumb we're not going to do that right 
So Stephen A and other critics have been like, yo, he's playing himself. He's trying to just make this a publicity. He doesn't really want the job, all these different things. So that's essentially what's been going on. Stephen A like is like, yo, because people came for Stephen A Smith of like, yo, you know, you're a black man, right? Like this man is like standing up for you're you're trying to you're you're basically the the hand of the NFL, like making like doing Mm. the bidding for them. And he's like, nah, I just call it what I see. Like, I see what I see. I call what I call. Um, I see what I call, call what I see, whatever, Uh, whatever the term is. I call it like I see it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Words. Important. I appreciate you, buddy. All good. Um, so it's a lot of just like that conversation and he's just like, look, I'm like one of the few people that like always defended T.O. Terrell Owens when he was, uh, being criticized. Like, I know I'm a black man. I know, I know what's up. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just calling out what I see and, you know, naming it. And he stands by his criticisms, um, of the whole situation. Um, with all that being said, what are your thoughts? I feel like I talked for way too mm. long about this. Um, first, I think it's important to just talk about why, because we've forgotten, it was three years ago that Colin Kaepernick played, why it still matters. And the thing is, like, a lot of people have also been saying, like, no one's really talked about Cap for a minute until this workout was given. Right. They kind of talked about it when Jay-Z was, like, pulled into the NFL, like, leadership-ish mm-hmm. situation. Like, oh, maybe Cap will get an opportunity you know, Stephen A's like, there's no doubt in the beginning that um, Jay-Z had something to do with this. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're a smart person, you can put one and two together and figure out that this equals three, you know, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's just a, we haven't talked about this in a minute and now we're talking about it. Well, and there were people who were protesting in Atlanta yeah. about his, about his workout. So three years ago. The NFL was still embroiled with the conversation around police brutality. The nation was. The nation is still. The nation does not. Well, it deals with it, but it doesn't talk about it to the same extent and fervor that it was happening. That was happening in 2014 to 2016. For two years, it was a hotbed in the United States around black lives and brown lives being taken by law enforcement. And by systems, by institutions, yeah. by and, and not just not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. People yeah. in the black and brown communities had been feeling for centuries, decades, uh, that institutional and individualized racism were right. prevalent in the United States. And that started to come to light sure. with many things like climate surveys of different institutions, governments, offices. Uh, businesses, you were seeing major companies having to do external reviews of their hiring practices, of their supervisory practices, of uh, from athletic standpoints, like are you treating your athletes with respect? And then from a law enforcement standpoint, you had Ferguson, you had people doing like the DOJ reports, the Department of Justice reports yeah. on police departments, and they were finding things like disproportionate arrest and imprisonment and beating and of uh, black and brown bodies and things going in in and out of the incarceration system of the united states which is disproportionately geared toward uh targeting black and brown bodies more than white people Mm -hmm. and especially men so this was all on the hot stove of the united states and colin kaepernick was the only one at the catalyst it was the catalyst for one of the only people in the league to 
um, for, for taking a knee. He had some teammates on the San Francisco 49ers at the time that, who also took a knee. Yep. But Colin, being the star quarterback of the 49ers at the time, was the the keystone player in all of this. And he started growing afro. Yeah. And he would speak out at press conferences. He was just very vocal. So the league... Since then, things happened. Colin got released from the team, not picked up. He was a free agent. He just would not get hired, even though he put up good numbers. He did go to the bench uh, before he, I should say, he was benched by the 49ers uh, because his play did suffer a little bit in his final season. Sure. But he was still playing at a high level, and he could have been a backup quarterback somewhere. And there are definitely teams that could use someone with his skill, even Mm -hmm. as a backup. As a backup. Or as, or as a, a starter. Or as a starter. Some of them needed starters that Colin would do the job for, and some could use backups. And yep. Colin was definitely in the caliber to do that, but he couldn't find a team. And that is just one more, some might say, uh, evidence that black people, black men, mm. especially mm. those who speak out. Yep. Are blacklisted. Blacklisted. Blackballed. Liter- I was going to say, yeah. All the, like all, you, so all the things. White, white power structures will decide that you cannot make a living doing what you do if you have an opinion about social justice yep so this is just an example of colin kaepernick expanding uh, a conversation outside of sports we're basically this matters because it's a national issue that is on the football field so that all being said i think it's tricky uh yeah all of this is like super tricky and this is what i hear what someone like jay-z and Stephen a is saying right you're given this opportunity you're literally given a job interview and you kill it yeah. but you're being demanding you're yeah. they're essentially saying yo kind of fall in line you're given this opportunity fall in line with this white narrative don't no, I would say you could do metal. You don't have to be soft and you don't have to negate your personal feelings on something. Sure. But, but don't th- bring it up right now. I think the way Colin engages with this subject is so adversarial. Sure. Instead of there's a different way to do this more diplomatically and probably effectively, mm-hmm. right? But some would also say that what he did was effective. I liked the Malcolm X who was in the later stages of his career, who grew the beard yep. and did the pilgrimage. Right. The Malcolm X, who I loved learning about, who was the militant kind, mm-hmm. was just incendiary in a powder keg. And he had yeah, enemies from all sides. I mean, he had some thoughts. Sides. He had some yeah. feelings. He garnered a lot of enemies from all sides because he was polarizing. But at the end, you found this guy who, uh, a step removed from MLK, mm-hmm. was a little bit more uh, polished in terms of how he delivered his messages on oppression and injustice. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, hey, you know, I'm actually looking to partner with anybody who's interested in this this struggle. Like, I I welcome partners from all sides. Mm -hmm. And it's not me against the world. It's me with others trying to fix problems we all uh, suffer from. And whether you're white, black, or brown, or blue, you... Racial injustice is something that plagues our country, our collective consciousness. And so the strife, the struggle, the cognitive dissonance that yeah. a white person feels in in relation to the racial uh, divide, one might say, 
is a collective issue we need to work on together. If this is something that ownership, uh, myself, and uh, other coaches and players are interested in engaging in, that I welcome people to you know engage with me on this subject. I understand people feel x way about me taking the knee i understand that you know people think this is disrespect he's done some talk around this a little bit when he was a player right but i don't think to the degree that he was able to see look at it this way you have you have white america who is this is because i grew up in the midwest Mm -hmm. and did some time in the south and the southwest where i've been around a lot of white people both poor and affluent Mm -hmm. and middle of the road yeah they don't know like anyone, what they don't know. Yeah. And so you have all these people who... You also don't know what to ask if you don't know what to, yeah. what question to ask. you got these people who are really just like, they think they're doing a good thing on this earth by being a Christian, by being, you know, good to their family. traits and characteristics. They were sure. born and raised in an environment that taught them this is what it means to be a good person. All of a sudden, a black man with tattoos and an afro comes out and says, no... Because he became t- real black. Yeah, just because you are a white person... And you are not down with me taking this knee. That means you're a bad person, right? Like that's that's the argument that he took. And then with everybody else who grew up or is in a play, you're in the NFL. Right. These teams are in like fucking Jacksonville, Florida. You know, these teams are. I'm surprised they don't have one in Mississippi, but they got one in Louisiana. You got the right. the Saints were the only thing down there for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so you're you're talking about Texas has football is a religion next to the the cross you know and some those things get conflated i have been at college stadiums where they have played the national anthem yeah and the lord's prayer over the intercom yeah and that's a state school you know i've been to nascar races in those regions where the the (laughs) the venn diagram of football and stock car racing kind of overlaps in a lot of places in the United States. Yep. So you get this white male, cis, normative narrative that comes into the conversation. At the NASCAR race I went to in Delaware not too long ago, uh, they played the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Then they did a prayer from a preacher, said God, said Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then they did a salute to the military and fighter jets flew overhead you Mm. know and so if you're you're dealing with that kind of fan base yeah who buys your jerseys buys your tickets watches your nfl premium package on tv right your whole nfl business is set up around this fan base right if you're going to go against that grain that puts all this paychecks in the pockets of all these people you better do it with grace intact right because i mean how to go out it's very Sophomoric, It's very much like uh, someone who's coming into their first 101 course on injustice. Right. And then wants to burn down the system. Yeah. It's like, you, if you're going to go out here and just try and like light fire to everything that has existed for centuries mm-hmm. before you, mm-hmm. you better not try to do that all in one year. Right. You have a career as a football player. Look at LeBron James. I don't want to get into the dribbling section too early, but LeBron James has had a 17-year career. Mm-hmm. Over those 17 years, he has been able to build a legacy, a business, a brand, and in that, he continues to drop moments of, "I'm this is what I stand for. Well, I mean, think of Beyonce. That's what I was thinking of next, yeah. Like, when, Super you, when, Bowl. She, when she came in to the the culture... 
Mm-hmm. She was just this cute girl who sang with a couple other girls, and it was like cute, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she definitely owned her own blackness and her own understanding of social justice and and just injustice in general. Mm-hmm as she grew and evolved yeah. right and so like in this i don't think she was not not woke during that time i also thought i think you know i think she just was like okay i know i'm a black woman and i need to be better than my best in order to be a successful person right you need to be 10 times better than the average person you know mm-hmm. what i mean like as a person of color especially if you're a black person and so i think it's just like this navigation of like knowing where you're at where your sphere of influence is mm-hmm. at the moment and how could you grow that so that you can do those pockets of yeah. like opening up a school opening up a home mm-hmm. like like giving millions and trillions of dollars to yeah. people who need it to be able to change policies and and do things that are better for the world mm-hmm. right so i definitely understand like the slow burn of that Right, so a person like Jay Z being like, "Yo, what the hell," and and being annoyed, I understand, totally get from it. From a marketing uh, standpoint, from like, a marketing if I'm standpoint, your agent, come sure. on, dude. No, like there's that, but there's also like, "Hey, bro, like I'm older than you. I've like seen this. Like there's wisdom coming from. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand all that stuff. Yeah, but I also understand Cap. I sure. also understand being like, Nah, sure, I get F that. It. that. Like I'm not gonna not. Uh, sway from my principles mm-hmm. based on the fact that you gave me a chance to to try out. Yeah. And this chance also seems really convoluted because you gave me two hours to decide if I could do this or not. And the paperwork was all kind of funky looking, you know? Yeah. So when you think about all of those things, like I understand Kat being like, nah, I'm here. I showed you my arm was good. Yeah, I get that. And I just want you to know don't uh-huh. go running scared. Oh, so God. him being so him being militant in that way, uh-huh. I'm not mad about it. I understand uh, people saying, "Yo, he played himself by like yeah, he played my, himself, like he played himself by doing that, by right. doing the most." I get that. I I I hear people and I can see that perspective, but I also am just like, but let's be real here. The NFL ain't low. Like they ain't trying to be. They're not trying to be slick here. No. Like they they also Yeah. They gave you two hours to decide if you wanted this workout or not? Just say yes. I mean we could say yes, but like there's also now waivers and other things that you have oh, to yeah, think sure. about. So like, you know, he, he's also someone one would say he's also being a businessman. Man. No, you, you know I, what I mean? I like wouldn't, he's I wouldn't sign a waiver that completely absolved them of everything, including if I want the thing filmed, I think it's okay to ask for the thing to be filmed because it... it and they said they would fi- be filming it, but like, there was like trusting issues. There was a lot of like issues. There was no trust from the jump, but the NFL is like, I, we gave you a chance to tr- work out, so that should be trust enough. Which is like, bruh, you didn't... You didn't do yeah, that, really. I won't say they did a good job on that because... No, they I didn't. Mean, I need to see more good faith by the NFL. But at the same time, I'm also looking at... It. Cap is right to expect a certain level of openness and sure. optics to it. Because you, you've kept me in the dark for so long that I need the world to be able to see certain things. But sure. at the same time, yeah. he is failing to see how... You demanding all these things or asking for all these things and for saying that NFL owners are running scared, saying that they're afraid so of him or, or yeah. stop running is like they're not afraid of him. They're afraid of the backlash that they're going to get if they choose him. 
Because he's gonna. Because he also had questions like, "Hey, NFL Players Association, mm-hmm. will you still back me up if I kneel?" And they're like, "Yeah, we will," because other people have kneeled since. And yeah, no, not it's been an issue. It's it's not the scary part of like. Here's the the. I guess what I'm saying is this: the owners ain't hurting. No. Like if you're if you're they're gonna come at a owner and be like, hey, listen, I am Colin Kaepernick, not making any money with mm-hmm. no job, but I can throw a football. But for you, I'll be a pain in the ass. Um, you're scared of me. If I'm an owner with my multi billions of dollars sitting here you with my team, this guy, not no, forget risk. It's just like, dude, I know you have an arm. You can blow that in one game. You, you are you are Truth. just a body. You are just a body. And in the NFL, they treat them like that too. Because yeah. if you can't play, you're not right. getting money, dude. I don't know if you know this, but you are expendable. Mm-hmm. And since you left the league, I have quarterbacks. Okay, maybe this one's not good. Great, I'll get another one. Right. Not. It doesn't have to be you because you are a pain in my ass. Mm-hmm. Now, if he was more, if he was more polished from an agent, from a PR person, a professional who could say, Cap. You tell me what you're going to try to communicate to this league. You Here's the timeline. We can communicate that. Year two, year three, year four. Right. What's the master plan? Right. Okay. I will translate what I need you to say mm-hmm. from what you are saying here. Let's get the message across. But the way you are doing it is ineffective. It's It might lead a In generation. In your opinion. It might lead a generation of kids. In the and, short term, to change their jersey number to seven, right. to you don't have a shoe contract, you don't have a Gatorade contract, you ain't got no marketing from any other outside sources. Meanwhile, LeBron's got every fucking thing. Right. So Beyonce's got all these advertisements. All these other people who are trying to do what you're doing are getting money because mm-hmm. their source of power, if LeBron James sucks at basketball tomorrow, goodbye Promise School, goodbye Gatorade, goodbye right. Nike. If Beyonce loses her voice, God forbid, all of this stops. Don't you even talk about that. Right. So, Colin, your arm, I'm glad you can play, but now we got to fix this other part of your game, which is the media part. Right. So we got to fix that part. And so I think that's where I'm with Colin. I want him to keep kneeling. I want players to join him in that. But the way that he communicates this comes through, uh, 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 he he doesn't communicate it well. Not for the environment he's in. The envi- the league that he's in, if he's going to continue to do this, it's fine. But he needs to understand you're going to be the martyr. Like, you are going to be the one who dies, not the one who lives. So people after you will get the money and the contracts and the, the grace extended to them. You are not going to get that because of how you are choosing to navigate this. But that's, that's your choice. Yeah. Like, um... I know you're writing some things down. I wrote a bunch of stuff because there's so many parts to it. Right. Um, part of the word. Yeah, I just, yeah, overall, though, I think if I were him and I was coming into this and the league gave me a short time to turn around a workout and said, we don't want you to film. There's a comp- compromise. This is what I'm saying. It's the league's job to offer you a waiver mm-hmm. that protects them. That's what a waiver is. No, yeah. Now it is also your right to, ne- you know, to negate or uh, decline the aspects of that waiver. If they say, like, you know, 
we want you to give up your your soul and your firstborn child for this workout then you just say like no nah, it's not gonna work for yeah, me you're like, I'm good. but i'll give you my second born like get you know what's right. the half what's the halfway point on this if they're saying we're gonna let these teams in here i also think it's kind of like ridiculous on his part to say here's what it involves i got 32 teams I got the whole NFL. Yeah. We as an NFL will bring in their tapes, their scouting, their reporting. We'll do all this in-house. We'll do a whole thing. That's more than just the owners. That's the coaching staff. That's as long as I know in that contract, there are people who actually make the on the field decisions about plays that are being made on their team. The Mike Tomlins of the world, the, the, the you know, the coaches who are like, I want an arm. I want talent. I want right. bring the coaches, bring their staff, bring uh, other parts of ownership that's fine and their tapes then i shouldn't need my own independent tapes so i think the bigger issue is not even that is the fact that the workout was four days from when it was offered Mm -hmm. that it was on a saturday Mm -hmm. day before game day for many of the teams Mm -hmm. where people didn't even know about the workout till the friday or thursday before yeah no that's an issue like that the so teams like, wouldn't know that's a problem. Right. So like you're being real fast about this. I'm not sure how I, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about. You're not setting me up for a solid chance. Can right. we, and then I think and it's reasonable will, to ask will, for the next day. Will the, will, if Saturday is your magic day, can we do it on a different day? Right. Is what the, a different, a different Saturday. The next no. Saturday. Okay. Can yeah. we do it on a Tuesday when it's a working day, when it's after all mm-hmm. the footballness mm-hmm. is happening? Mm-hmm. No. I think that's valid. Like all of these. Yeah. So, so when when you valid. when you're asking about these things, mm-hmm. I'm not mad. Like understanding mm-hmm. that context today, right? I'm not mad at Cap's reaction. No, Cap reacted in the, you thought you could play me, you're not going to. Well, see again, I take it. I don't think that's effective. I think no, I don't think it's effective either. But who am I to say? So th- some people are like, Cap doesn't even really want a job. He's here, and that's he's here to this message: police brutality, black men are highly uh, the higher rate of arrests and and black and just brutality of, of, from police. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my stance. That's the hill I'm going to die on, and that's what I'm going to believe. Which I look at that and be like, yeah, no, that's a worthy cause, and. Who am I to tell Cap that his cause is, is a dumb thing to die for? That's not... I think when someone says the question of, like, does he even want a job, their question... Who am I, to say, I think my, I think I'm saying, like, who am I to say that, like, okay, maybe he doesn't want the job. He uses that opportunity to continue to push his narrative to the American people and to society. Okay. Yeah, I just... I, I think I don't, people you don't are, have to like it, but that's what he's doing. I think people are questioning how much he cares about football versus this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think for the people we've mentioned, like Beyonce and LeBron, I don't question how much they love their trades. They're sure. their sport, more than the issues they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not up for debate. Cap didn't play so hot his last year mm-hmm. and he talks a lot. Mm-hmm. So like sh- show me that you care about football more than you can talk at a microphone Mm -hmm. and I'll give, I have a reason to put you on the field and support you. This is a business. Um, But I think his, 
so all the things you said are valid of like someone gives you four days to have this workout it's on a saturday logistically I mean, it doesn't it, make sense yeah a lot so of it is it looks it looks shady your app your team it, well i don't also know the background i'm not saying the nfl is completely innocent i don't think they ever have been innocent in all of this no. but i think i think there are also logistical things on the back end where maybe it does have to be in four days because of x reason where are we aren't we close to like the playoffs are we in like the NFL playoff? No, we're uh, we're halfway through okay. this season essentially. I think because most teams are like four, the what six games in, six or seven games in. Yeah. So, you know, they have what six or seven more. They have like seven, eight, seven to sure. so eight more games. Turkey left. bowls coming up, all yeah. that sort of stuff. That's fine. I just think that if you are a team who is struggling right now and you need someone for the reasons you and I both work in jobs. Where we supervise a multitude of people. Sure. How many times have we had people ask questions or request things or make demands that are unreasonable, but we have to package together, okay, what you just asked me has eight different moving parts to it. Mm -hmm. So how do I communicate to you eight different moving parts in a way that you're going to understand? So I don't want to assume that offering him four days of like, hey, you have four days and they say, well, I don't understand why. There might be 15 reasons why, but I, you know, all I can say is like, I can't give you next Saturday or Tuesday. So I'm not going to second guess why the four days, but Cap has the right to ask for those days. Yes. And that's does. fine. And so after he says Tuesday or Saturday, and they say no, and you accept in your mental framework, all right, I'm going to accept the things that I cannot change. Right. It is my day is in four days. And part of my story 10 years from now, when people ask me, Cap, your your revival story, your story of like a hero's journey. Right. Like that. Tell us about that day. He's like, well, they gave me four days. I asked for more. I couldn't get it. So I had to like mentally get out of a headspace where it was them against me and say, this is what you've been given. Right. And I had the resiliency and the wherewithal to walk in there and I put on a show. Like I did the and thing, I like I, up. And yeah. I showed up. So you get past that. Then you get to the microphone. So all of that's about being the bigger person. Then you get to the microphone and it's, hey, you did great out there. You say, hey, on four days notice, not bad, right? right? Like that looked pretty good. Have a sense of humor about it. And then they ask you the question about, are you still a political agent? Are you still a political activist? You say, you know, my heart still beats and my mind still thinks. So, yeah, I, I mean, I still feel strongly about the things I talk about. Right. But today I'm here as a football player and I'm showing that I can still do this game. You you step that you let them know I am still the person you saw me as three days earlier. But let's talk about today what I did on the field. Right. I am your PR agent who wants you to be successful. You going up there and saying, yeah. Look, NFL owners, see, told you, my arm, right. you gave me four days, you didn't blah, you know, blah. I'm still your supervi- potential supervisor who's looking at that and says, I don't, want the I don't give a kid, shut up. Right. <laughs> like, no, and, and I think when you say it that way, I do, I do appreciate that perspective. But I'm also like, look, everyone, you know what? Everyone's got an opinion of how he should have done it the way he should have done it and so on and so forth. And I say at the yeah. end of the day, if if Col- as as much as I may disagree with some aspects of of how he went about saying what he said and doing what he did, I still stand by the man. If that's what he wanted to do, that's what he wanted to. If he can sleep at night saying that look, I did my best and I let them know there's no question in their mind 
at who who is that who it is that they're going to be mm-hmm. bringing to their team. Cool. If if Colin Kaepernick does not get a job in the next uh, for the rest of his career and he I retires, I don't think he's going to get a job. I don't think so either. Is it is what he? I want to be proven wrong. Is is what he did at the microphone? If that is a factor and why he's not getting a job and not his play on the field because he did fine on the field, but he still doesn't get a job. Would you have had him do it any different way on the microphone? No, because that he okay. wouldn't be true to himself. All right, and I don't think he'll second guess himself either. I think he's I think just from, cut from that what cloth. we have seen of him, mm-hmm. I just do not see him wavering in this matter. No, and so, and you know what? For that, I respect it. And like, uh, yeah, and I, I have, I. There are people who disagree with me, and and I'm not coming from a place of yeah, show the man. Like it was just more like. Now, like, I truly think yeah. he wants the job. He loves football. Uh-huh. I feel I feel very strongly about that sure. in the way he talks about it. But he also loves his fellow human just as much, if not more. So he's willing. He's in a place uh-huh. where he's able to risk it. Okay. I'll counter that with... He, he loves his fellow humans who agree with him. Sure. And I think it's part of the spiritual message of sure. a, of the leaders and prophets to love all people. Right. In a way that is generous and giving and that cup runneth over. Mm-hmm. And I think Colin's short temperedness and I would say for his career and the longevity of this conversation, his short sightedness on this is not helpful to moving the needle on this i think we could get more years out of colin and more messaging if he could package this in a in a better presentation and not not like a subservient presentation but i think understanding like when you go to the game and you look at all those faces in the stands and you see black white and brown right all the colors of the rainbow know that the ones who disagree with you still want the same things as you yeah they want good football they want racial equality they want equality in the united states because that's what they stand for hey freedom and equality that's what the united states is about that's what they think the flag stands for Mm -hmm. your interpretation of the stars and stripes and theirs has different nuances to it they can't get to where his headspace is because they haven't been introduced to that knowledge Mm. these white people who live in the middle of nowhere don't have access to the same kind of context mm. for what Colin's talking about. All they know is guns, God, and glory. Yeah. So you treating them like an adversary is only driving that wedge harder. Yeah. The best white friends I've met in my life who came around on this subject only did that because I was 99% their friend and... Because I was their friend first, and then my opinions on this moved their position on it. Right. You put a humanity to the yeah. issue. And there was yeah. a there was work that you did to be patient, to be loving, to be caring, to express your your thoughts and feelings about it. Yeah, I because didn't if I them... if I didn't know that, I'd be like, oh, you're a bigot. Yeah. Like, right, but if yeah. right, I did like, that to one white person. Mm-hmm. 
he it shut down immediately. We stopped being friends because I snapped back at him, and mm-hmm. he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. It was ignorant. He sure. just didn't realize he was saying something stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I clapped back at him, and it just shut down for. The- but it's also like exhausting as a person of color, and especially as a black person, to always have to educate people. Sure. Um, like you know, and you said it earlier, right? You don't know what you don't know, and you don't know what questions to ask if you don't know what questions to ask. As far as like learning and developing this narrative and this cognitive like understanding mm-hmm. of indif- of inequality and equity and social justice issues. Right. Right. And like we've talked about it before. Like I know that my social justice muscle in my brain wouldn't be as strong as it is if I didn't move away, if I didn't expose right. myself to people that were different than me, um, that I didn't like just be critical of the way that I was raised and mm-hmm. like not in like a I was raised poorly but in a like I'm just looking at things more critically yeah um and just with an eye of more I'm just questioning things more I'm in a in a way not to be combative yeah. but in a way in a way of learning mm-hmm. um but I think a lot of people just look at that as like that can also just be exhausting right to be the person to be like so this is what it means to sure. be Indian and also this is just one narrative of being an Indian because mm-hmm. being Indian or being Desi is much more multifaceted yeah. than this one little concept right so for me if I live my whole life of, as you as my only black example mm-hmm. I'm not even getting a full story yeah. you know not because you're half black but because like but because of <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, this is my one black friend. No, oh, yeah. They, and I just, always correct people on that. And it's just like, mm, like, that's, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Mm. But it's also like, that should not be your card of like, I'm not racist. Oh, yeah, and, and for it's sure. Like, mm. It's such a long, lifelong journey. Because right. you never, you never finish because generationally it changes too. Sure. I don't think saying the term, I mean, it's okay to say the word black now. It used to not be okay to say yeah. black. I'm sure it will stop being okay to say black soon. Someone Culture recently, and words and language change. I was talking to someone the other day who had to take down um, something pretty formative that they made because mm-hmm. it was a multiracial thing they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was celebrating multiracial people and sure. the title of it was called Mixed. And the powers that be over them had them take it down mm. because of someone got offended by the term mixed. As someone okay. who, is who mixed. proudly identifies as mixed, who has led several multiracial uh, circles of people and asked people in the room if people are okay with the term mixed and everyone saying, yeah, I have no problem with that. For them to come out, all I'm saying is language changes and and culture changes over time but i think what we're the underpin uh, the the undercurrent of what we're talking about is also the word that gets thrown around a lot mm-hmm. the e word empathy mm-hmm. and i think it gets used a lot of times people use it only one way instead of multifaceted mm. and so colin is asking for empathy from ownership and fans and society but he also has to recognize empathy for people, like you said, who are only in their environment and only and know what they know. Yeah. They're in a town of 20,000 or less, and all they see is what's on TV and in their backyard. Like, so, I mean, have some empathy to realize these people are 
and working from a certain operating system right. for their understanding. And also I think about the bandwidth too, because it is exhausting for someone like Colin Kaepernick. I think he's tired of having to like, he feels like he's yelling into the void and only getting shit thrown back at him. I mean, I know there's people at his right hand who are, you know, cheering him on and people in the media and players who are like in the background doing that for him. But like to have an entire country and league kind of uh just beating you down all the time because they disagree with you when you know you know your message is right like i'm screaming it i'm yelling it i am doing as loud as i can people think that i'm wrong and he knows he's not that's got to be frustrating and i think about a lebron james again where how does he handle the the disruption of it because Mm. he gets you know the way that like the I can't breathe t-shirts yeah which I know he didn't come up with but like he was a participant in that mm-hmm. um, or I'm more than an athlete I'm more than an athlete mm-hmm. shut up and dribble or when someone spray painted the n-word on his like, door yeah he talked about it. he was on an interview about it but like I'm still I'm still an n-word I'm to s- people <laughs> yeah like he he did it in a way that wasn't he didn't go to league ownership and say the NBA is not supporting me mm-hmm. because society is this way. The NBA has it again. The NBA also has a rule saying you have to stand mm-hmm. for the pledge. Mm-hmm. LeBron still goes up to the mic and says things that allude, talk about his blackness, mm-hmm. his maleness, right. talk about injustice. Um, he still can do all those things because he's LeBron James. Because he's the athlete that is. So he deals with the stuff that happens to him in his own life. And he doesn't have to be quiet about it. But he doesn't go yelling from the rooftops either. His message, his through line will always be in his career. LeBron was of the Muhammad Ali cloth of I'm making moves. And the world, CNN talks about him because he made a school for kids. Like, you know, like he's transcended sports. But you have to also think one of the best quarterbacks in in our lifetime. I don't want to say his name, but, you know freaking tom brady mm-hmm. has a make america great again hat in his locker what, what's your point they're just different leagues and different people oh yeah i see yeah for sure you're not so, going to see that in the nf no. in the nba yeah it's like yeah it's not going to see that yeah so if you have someone like a lebron who can be as nuanced as he is in a league like the nba which is has a track record of being more progressive the nfl the NFL ain't the NBA. We're mm-hmm. both saying that. I mean, Adam Silver, commissioner for the NBA, was approached by NFL owners saying, would you switch leagues and come do the NFL? Mm-hmm. And Adam Silver, quote, I haven't given it any thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not going to go. You you guys are a hot, flaming dumpster fire yeah, I'm of good. problems. <laughs> My league has athletes. But look at when I hear Adam Silver talk about the players in the NBA in the light of the LeBron James Hong Kong China comment Mm -hmm. where LeBron stepped in it. LeBron just made a boo boo. It was just like a poor statement, ill advised. It was not. It was not. (laughs) It was not well informed. And LeBron is a an amazing athlete and a great entrepreneur and humanitarian and philanthropist. Great husband, great father. Him talking about politics of China was like what does it have to do with the price of tea in China like it's not in your wheelhouse and he made a comment in light of a a league where there's a bunch of ownership mostly white men who have 
degrees of professions that deal with stuff like this on a higher level. And so LeBron is coming from a background that is not in that vein. And so him talking about Adam Silver handled it well in saying, I think it's unfair to players to put them in that position. He didn't say LeBron. He said, I think free speech is a great thing. LeBron has the right to say what he will, just like ownership has the right to say what they will. But I think it's unfair to put that on our players. And freedom of speech also means freedom to not speak. So if you don't feel like you have the necessary knowledge around something to comment on it, feel don't feel obligated to make that comment. So I look at all those. You see the players who snap back at mm-hmm. journalists at the postgame conferences. Right. Well, think about how, yeah, they're making millions, but look at the person who's there doing this journalism job, who got a degree from one or more institutions, who uses their brain on a daily basis to solve problems and figure out things. And you're a kid who came straight out of either high school or middle of college somewhere. And you really just have an education in athletics, maybe. And you're up there on the podium and they're asking you questions that you feel like there's insecurities there. Like these people think they're smarter than me. Maybe they are smarter than me. You're asking me questions that if I answer it wrong, like wrong on a test, that I'll be chastised or criticized. The world of social media will come for me. Like you're going to put me in a compromising position. Maybe not even just for me, but for my family, for my friends. You're going to make me look stupid. What if my ownership, you know, is embarrassed by my comment, this sort of thing. What if my fans don't like me anymore? So you asking me a comment puts me in a precarious situation. Potentially, there's a mistrust there. Right. So I just feel like for the athletes, who are the Colin Kaepernick's and the LeBron's of the world who have to LeBron's incredibly media savvy. He's very astute in how to answer comments. And I've never seen anybody in my lifetime with the grace and poise in the NBA of a LeBron James to answer questions so often. Um, he's, he's a, he's a Marvel. Like he's an absolute Marvel to watch his right. post game. A la, um, a more a more polished Shaquille O'Neal is what I would say. Still has humor, still can be silly, sure. but also when he's serious, like he's oh, very and poignant. people and people listen. Yeah, um, and I feel like Colin is gonna be. He he comes up short on it, but it's what's most unfortunate is he's in the wrong league for it. Mm-hmm. If you were in the NBA and you were this outspoken you'd get some grace. But if LeBron James, if we swap places with them and put a LeBron James in the NFL, he also, might survive that. But it's also your you you react to the condition that you were put in, right? Like if like yeah. the NBA is a much more gracious league when it comes to these things than mm-hmm. I think the NFL is. So, yeah, but really, I think, I, I think uh, but I think uh, yes, but I I don't want to put that on the NFL. Part of what you just said falls on Colin too to recognize that. No, I, yeah. maturity is uh, this 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 level of intellectual maturity. I think Colin has. He's just choosing not to use it to be able to recognize it. I think he recognizes, and he's still saying F it. I'm gonna do what if, I think is if, best. If if. I I would have disagreed with you on that. I don't think he realizes. But if that is true, if what you're saying is true, 
and he does realize it and he's doing this intentionally, then I agree with Stephen A. Smith's comment that he does not want a job and this is a publicity stunt. And I'm at, I'm at a place, I'm at the point about this conversation, the end of my my hot my not hot take hot take is that yo colin's gonna do colin from the jump and like we all know this so feel what you want to feel i would love to see him play again because i've been watching a lot of football but at the end of the day the man's got to do what the man's got to do yeah so it is what it is we did talk about a lot of basketball in all of this so why don't we move forward and talk basketball yeah i'm down for it let's switch all right folks it is our second segment of the cast which is our dribbling section where we talk about all things basketball um specifically sport um the better of the sports that we we've been talking about today um so uh, tell us what are we talking about are we doing uh standings first Let's do standings. Yeah, let's do quick quick standings. Where are we at? at Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, At the top, Boston Celtics. The two best records in the league are from the two most storied franchises in the league. Let's do it. We have another Boston Celtics Lakers year. (gasps) Boston Celtics and the Lakers are both 11 wins and two losses each. Nice. And leading their respective divisions, East and West. Mm -hmm. Behind the Celtics are the Bucks, the Heat, the Raptors in the top four spots, followed by the 76ers, Pacers, Magic, and Hornets. We have the Brooklyn Nets. Magic look- and the Hornets? Magic and the Hornets. The Brooklyn Nets are on the outside looking in. Oh, no. Five and eight in the eight in the ninth spot. All I got to say, there is a lot of basketball left. So Sure, but, I, you know, Kyrie, man, this is your team with KD out. You, I want him to do well. Me too. But when KD comes back next year, that team's going to be sick. Who? Um... Lakers at the top, as I said, Houston Rockets in the number two position, and that'll come up soon. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets and the Clippers following them. And then in the five, six, seven, and eight spot are the Mavericks, Jazz, Suns, Timberwolves. Okay, Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the usual suspects, the Kings are on the outside hanging. Um, and the Portland Trailblazers are uh, looking not great right now, but we'll talk about that soon. Yeah. Can we? Can we you know, no. Let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Let's not even get into stats. It's right. not important. Some players are scoring a lot. Players are rebounding a lot. Not not important. Mm-hmm. What is important, coming off of a conversation about Kaepernick, who still doesn't have a job. Someone did get a job. Somebody got called for the Portland Trailblazers. Who'd they call? They called none other than Carmelo Anthony. We have a basketball game tomorrow. <laughs> yes, Carmelo Anthony is playing for the Portland Trailblazers. His debut was today. He is number zero zero on the court. I noticed that. The double zero. Is that going to be his number for the whole year? I guess it is. Cause what he literally, a statement. Because he... Feels like nothing. Wow. <laughs> no, probably like, hey... He I said that he knows what his role is, is what he said in an interview. That's why he did the double zero? I asked? don't know. He That's the statement. He has a statement that he said. Listen, we I can am nothing. In, we can infer those things if we wanted to. God. We have joked. He is humble. I'm going to say, I have joked mm. that um, it's really important for veteran players to know what their roles are. And that sometimes their roles change. 
So I'm curious what the box score is right now with the Portland Trail Blazers because I believe he's coming off the bench. He's not starting no, for no. them. No, no, no. Um, and yeah, so he's with the Portland Trail Blazers. I know you and I talked about Dame openly saying, yo, I've, I have openly invited Carmelo to play for us like three times or twice already. I'm not going to do it a third time. Remember something yeah, like that he said? he said that. Something of that nature. So I was like, oh, I wonder what happened. Do we know? What's the goss? Wait, why they came? Oh, why he was invited to play for Portland? Yeah. I was... Here's my interpretation of what I think happened, but I could be wrong about this. If you're a dame who's already said, nah, I already did this a couple times. And yeah, he said no. Yeah. He said he wasn't going to like do his like player outreach. outreach thing. It was, I guess... When the ownership talked to him about it and said, we need to bring someone in, should we offer to Carmelo now? Because, I mean, for him to outreach twice to Melo means the league over his team. They were also on board with Melo coming in those first two times where he went to the he went to the uh, Thunder and then he went to the Rockets. Right. The Blazers were OK with, you know, uh, Damian reaching out to him. So the third time. Damien was heard about it and like I'm I'm not even I'm not even gonna waste my breath. But they're four and eight right now. So they're not looking good. Right. And so I bet you ownership was like, Hey, remember those two times we reached out? Well, it looks like Melo's still waiting and we might be the only team and we suck and we just paid you two hundred and fifty million dollars on a multi year contract and we want you to be successful here. Mm-hmm. So can we sign Dame? And so or uh, Mello. And Dame said his reaction to ownership was yeah, let's give it a shot. I mean, we add another score. We add a veteran presence, a rebounder. It's definitely worth having him. He adds another option to our team. So I think you're... Talk was about down. player like maturity, intelligence when it comes to the game. I'm all about it. I'm excited to see... Carmelo even said he's just like... He has a very different perspective on the game now. Like he's just looking at it differently. Which, yeah. which makes me think... This past year was a dose of humble pie for him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take a page." Hopefully, he's thinking taking pages off of other veterans who's been like, "Yeah, I'm going to be the sixth man," or "I'm going to I'm going to come off when they need me," kind of situation, yeah. and I'm going to not play a ton of ISO ball, which is you know him hogging the 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 minute the ball gets to him it's his you know um i, think I don't know we'll see it's interesting in the nba i agree with everything you said makes sense to me i'm just i moved on to uh idea of just semantics here damian lillard the star of the team wears zero yeah it's his number mm-hmm. i'm if aware. carmelo wanted to wear zero he couldn't couldn't so he wore double zero mm-hmm He's saying, is he saying du- he's double the man that Dame is? Or is he saying he's... It's definitely put that in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> um, I feel like... Why is why is the NBA the only league where two players can both wear the same... Essentially the same value on their, <laughs> <laughs> on their jerseys? Actually, how do they call that? Zero and then double zero. You need uh, one hand or two hands. When they're like, oh, that. this is the this is the person who got yeah. fouled. Yeah. Because they still do like, like well, I, I guess. Because you did 33, it'd be two hands with three on each. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's players who, 
Yeah, I mean, like Luka Doncic is wearing seventy seven. So, so I mean, like the rules seven, kind seven. of yeah, yeah, it's kind of out the window. But like, what, there's two players with zero as their value. Hey, man, double zero I'm doesn't sh- make I'm sure it. There's a deepness to it, and I'm I just sure. and I just didn't read about I it. I think it's a. Me- I think Carmelo comes in with a message on his jersey of the mellow you knew who wore number fifteen and number seven. Mm-hmm. Hoodie this mellow. Is, yeah. Yeah. This is a different guy. I'm different. I want to absolve all prior notions of me and this number is symbolic of that clean yeah. slate yeah just empty like i am yeah. a clean slate that to build upon and you're gonna see a different a different player. me yeah i'm here for it and i wish him and i've always wished him nothing but the best i just give him a hard I'm, time for his his sometimes selfishness i'm excited to yeah. see what he cool does in his first dame is out in the first game versus yeah. the pelicans so mellow uh, shoot it all the time. God damn it, this guy! It's like he said he was different. You took forty shots your first game. Oh, I was just feeling it, you know. Just I'm just getting back in the swing of things. Working no, out the right. Yeah, it's good, good, coach. You shot twelve percent, <laughs> sir. What are you doing, anyway? Uh, speaking of uh, poor shooting percentages, oh no. Um, let's talk about someone who's leading in the stat category of uh, points per game. I'm already, I'm already bored. When's the last time you remember? I'm still bored. Someone shooting. I'm still bored. At a 39 point per game rate. I'm bored. I'm talking about James Harden. I'm yawning. He he scored. Bri, my eyelids never, are so heavy. In our t- in our history as as human beings on this earth and basketball fans, we've never seen anyone averaging 39 points per game. Why are you so bored and sad? Are, are you done? Yeah, I just want to know. Like, what what's your beef? What's the problem? He's so boring to watch, and his percentage, his uh, shooting percentage is abysmal what oh that's your problem okay and he's boring to watch (laughs) like if i met james harden i would say that to him (laughs) to his face to his yes to his beard beard. and i may be slapped but that's uh, it would be worth it to be like yo you are boring af i would rather count the number of hairs in your beard than watch you play basketball a hundred (laughs) thousand percent i Here's, so, Yo, when the Rockets are playing and I get to watch it, I'm uh, like, uh, can we watch something else? Literally, conversations I have with people. I'm like, I don't want to watch this because this is boring. What you were talking about, so I looked up what you're referencing. 39.2 points per game is what James Harden is currently scoring at mm-hmm. at this point. Is his he averaging triple double? No, no, no. Okay. His, his field goal percentage right now is 42.5%. That is not good for somebody who shoots the ball that much. He shot 41 points the other night. 41 shots. He scored 49 points on 41 shots. That's horrible. Not good. That's not good. That's, well, but you, and Again, I'm someone who, too, does not have a high shooting percentage. Shooting percentage. You're also not a professional basketball player. But I am player. not. Say that louder for the back, sir. You're, you're supposed to be good at your job. I'm supposed to be good at my job. Is, I am not good at the James shooting the ball. Harden. For you to have the confidence and audacity to do this in his defense, he said, you know, I'm out here shooting a lot because we had six guys on the injured list. 
So I got to go out here and do what I got to do. So wait, what about all the, the four other players on the court? I felt so bad for the other players on the court. I literally, I'm like, so? When he said that, I was like, so you're basically saying. You can't trust nobody. These guys can't do anything. Right. Boy, mm. bye. So we had, you could use that as an opportunity to trust your teammates and give them an opportunity. I okay, mean, never mind. Never no, mind. just kidding. I don't know I'm going to be effing boring. Um, Wesso, I'm so tired. But in, to his credit, James Harden having had two consecutive scoring titles and now probably going to have a third since he's averaging 58 points a game um russell westbrook said i think it's easy for people to normalize what james is doing but it's special what he he's really talking about himself he goes i could have said that to you he was definitely talking about himself russell westbrook let's not normalize what he's doing just because um you see someone doing something exceptional year in and year out we kind of dismiss it as just the usual but you don't see someone playing at his level as hard as he plays in scoring in all the multitude of ways that he can score well one sir i think you're talking about yourself because of your triple double uh streak and how everybody was saying like yeah he's a stat pattern yeah and two james harden scores in a multitude of ways how many ways does James Harden score the ball? Step back three, uh-huh. layup. Those are it. That's it. That's what he, those are only the, the multitude. Step, it's two. In his mind, multitude <laughs> is two. It's also known as a couple or one and two. You know, he sh- in the way, in the couple of ways that he can score. If he had said that, I would have died of laughter and truth. And and because I would have been like, yo, that's kind of a troll statement. Right. And it was hilarious. I just, I don't. Again, I can we have a a Knicks on talking about James Harden on this guy, on this cast because I literally get so irritated. I just bought his shoes yeah, today, and I am judging you for it. And I think your 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 thing is playing. Oh, sorry. Is your audio playing? Sorry, my audio is playing. Okay. I apologize. Um, they were um, they were metallic gold. I couldn't. I mean, I appreciate. that. They were half off. I don't. It's a deal. Remember, we we were supposed to have conversations before you buy shoes. I'm getting rid of some of my basketball shoes, though. I realize some of them I played, played out. Like oh, the okay. rubber, the rubber is it's down gone. to yeah, it's done. It's gone. Okay. I looked at them. No, I was like, him, like, I've been wearing them casually because right. they were already sure. starting to hit the sure. bricks. But which yeah. ones? The Kobe nines. Okay. And one of the pairs of Kobe eights. Okay. And I like oh the no, Kobe two eights. two pairs of Kobe eights. One of them. You can see the foam through the heel now. Yeah, it's time to time yeah. to retire that. So I feel good about the. I'm Harden okay purchase. about the purchase. I'm just mm-hmm. like, remember, I'm still your accountability buddy when it comes to this. I know. I almost wasn't going to tell you, and that they were Hardens. I'm proud of you for and, telling me. And, and then the Hardens, being that it's James Harden, and this conversation I knew we were going to have, I almost didn't buy them because I thought it's everything's good about the shoe, the tech, the quality, sure. the, the material. It's just the man. On the logo, do I support that kind of behavior? Again, you—it's your life, your choices. I would not make such a choice. I feel like I'm wasting my life in basketball <laughs> shoes. Um, so that's James Harden, and that's what's happening with him. Any mm-hmm. additional thoughts on that? We can have a moratorium on James Harden until he, he does actually something does substantial. something, like win a championship or make it past the second round. Or, you know, has a better, if even has a better scoring average, like percentage, I would be happy. I I went into the stats on Uh players who are scoring at a high rate right now. Uh LeBron James is in the top 10. He's number number 10. Sure. 
He's at the. We don't usually see LeBron in the later numbers of anything, but he is the only one in the top ten who's shooting fifty percent. Nope, sorry, Giannis is shooting fifty eight percent because he can't shoot, so he's always by the basket. But besides Giannis at number two, LeBron James is shooting fifty percent, and okay. he's also the only one averaging double digits and assists, eleven assists a game. Mm-hmm. He's got Anthony Davis, so his role is I score twenty five. That's all I need to be the league's all-time scorer in NBA points. Mm-hmm. So I just do this for four years, mm-hmm. and yeah. I do that. Right. What did I say last year? I, I said know. I did the math, and if LeBron James he's gonna do it drops his average from his career average of 27 and drops down to 25 he's and does that for four, he's still the number one in the league. Yep. All-time. Mm-hmm. And he did the math. And he with, said, I'm good with that. Oh, yeah, I figured it out. I could do this. Yeah. Yeah, so he's dropping down. So he's he's doing good. Yo, and LeBron's showing some love to Luca. Yeah, so what did Luca do? So Luca is one of two players. Well, who uh, is Luca? We didn't Luka even Doncic. say. Luca Doncic. Luca Doncic of nice job of the Mavericks, small forward. Small forward. He said, um, so ESPN uh posted recently. No, he's a shooting guard. I'm sorry. Listed as a shooting guard. Okay. Um, that Luca joins LeBron as the only two players in the NBA history to tally 40-point triple doubles before turning 21. And LeBron said he's one bad M-O-F-O. Mofo. He is! Uh, and then I tried to tell y'all, like, LeBron is not... He knows. He He's like, yo, he this, this little white boy is gonna take... He told, him, he told him he said and luca was just very appreciative that's his response via instagram story uh, which is very cute um but luca's killing it he is he's one bad mofo lebron told him you're the future of this league and he said i, I know i, I you know he, <laughs> he basically said i know and i accept like he's incredibly humble about it because he yes. like grew up like watching lebron he's a young kid he's 20 years old luca He's been playing professionally since he was like 17. Yeah, like that. sure. Like Luca, ah! Luca at his age to be average. I looked at a picture of his teammate Kristaps Porzingis the other day. Yeah. Kristaps, he returned to the Knicks, sure. the, the Garden to play and yeah. he got booed out of the gym. Of course. But Kristaps looks like a man compared to when he started as a boy coming from Eastern Europe. Yeah. No, Kristaps has Kristaps mm-hmm. has gained weight. Yep. He's also he was, he was always incredibly tall, yep. but he's gained weight. Yeah. Like, like muscle weight. And he looks a little chiseled. Yeah. He looks more defined. Yeah. He looks like he's growing into himself as a man. He looked like a boy when he first started. Sure. At the, a seven foot three boy. Yeah. <laughs> playing at the garden. As, as you see seven foot three boys out there. Right. And Luca, Luca is twenty and still has that kind of boyish kind, look on him. He really does. Kind of adorable. And like the thought of him transforming. Into, into what LeBron turned into. Oh my God! Is like you already are averaging a triple double. Uh, You're already averaging twenty nine points a game and a triple double. You okay? The way your triple double is not even like oh ten ten ten. I don't know. It's somewhere in the ballpark of like eleven and nine ish. He needs like he needs a teammate to score one more basket per game. Right. To bring his assists up to 10. Right. But his rebounds are solid 11. Right, but like to have 40-point triple-double before yeah. you're 21? It's not It's not human. And he, he, the way I looked up stats of Larry Bird mm. uh, years ago 
when people were talking about LeBron versus Larry Bird, greatest small forward of all time, mm-hmm. I didn't get to see Larry in my generation. Yeah, but same. I know white people will claim Luka Doncic in our time the mm-hmm. way Larry Bird was claimed by all the white America in his time. Yeah, because it was him versus Magic. He's going to be the way that people talked about Larry Bird being the greatest player of all. White America talked about him being the greatest player of all time before Michael came into vogue. Yeah, like Larry was. Larry was a dude. If you put him versus Magic, White America claimed Larry hard. Right. There were some people who thought Magic, but a lot of people were pro Bird because he was Boston. He was the Celtics. He was the man. He was he was White America. He was clutch. Yeah, he's from Indiana. He was a good old boy. Yeah. Luka Doncic. Is a bad man from Eastern Europe. Yeah. I don't know what his story... I just want to say, white America, you know he's not American, I don't know what his story is going to look like. (laughs) I don't know if they're going to claim him or if they're going to be like, check his papers. I don't know. I don't know, man. But he right now stands to be, and I'm based on what we're seeing at 20 of this, he could be the greatest player in the NBA for his entire generation. Right. And I will say, I applaud it. I welcome it. I wish nothing but health and wealth yeah. for him because, like, he's he's also just like just a good like he just seems like a yeah good he's kid. a really good kid. he's not a he's not a diva yet but he will become like Willie sure. Demon for a while right that's okay but if he's so my my only thing of me even saying he's a good kid first of all he's he's a he's a grown man he's play. twenty he, I mean uh, he's growing man yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a, not a grown he's man he's a growing he's man. a twenty year old with a lot of money with a lot of money but it seems like a LeBron is influencing him and probably they probably have each other's cell phone numbers they're probably friendly with one another I can imagine a LeBron. Yeah, you know, mentoring him to not be a douche. I hope you so. know, um, so and and it seems like Luca is someone who is like would welcome that. Like yeah. he wouldn't be like, nah, mm-hmm. f you, LeBron. He's going to be like, oh my god, yeah, I want to talk to mm-hmm. you. Can I <laughs> you tell? Know? That's kind of cool. What he's going to break the mold on is he's not that fast. Yeah, he's not. He's not speedy. No, nope. he's just got a high basketball IQ and has good court vision. Yeah. I think he sees things that other players are not seeing. He sees the rhythm of the ball. Yeah. He sees where the physics of the court are, the geometry. I think his mind works really well. Mm-hmm. But physically, he's going to need to get in the gym a little bit. You know what I mean? He, like, needs, he is kind of... I don't want to say this because I don't like... Um, uh, you about to body shame Luca? Yes, I'm about to, but it's oh, not. God. It's not what I mean. Oh, God. I want to be very clear. His I self esteem. Not... He listens to this podcast. First of all, Luca, I love you. <laughs> so don't even, don't even think this. No, but like he, he looks like a 20 year old boy. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's a little. He's not fat or skinny or anything like that. He's like he's just a little doughy. He's got some rounded edges. He's ra- a little doughy, which yeah. is. Which I'm like, I look at 20-year-old... Yeah. That's weird. I'm like, I look at 20-year-old boys all the time. That's hot, or I guess. Yeah, no. He's, he's He's what you're saying. The way Larry Bird's body was... I felt like Larry Bird was so lanky. Really? I felt like he was so lanky because he was so tall. I never thought of him as lanky. Maybe the short shorts didn't make him look lanky. I thought I he know, was I a little doughy. All the times I looked at Larry. Oh, yeah, I guess there's that too. But it's also like the league... Like physique is so different now than it even was Larry's time mm-hmm. or even when, um, even during Michael's time. Like people are like, it's just 
people are investing in their bodies differently exactly. on the league. So I can see Luca. This is what his second year. Yeah, it's only second. He's so right. he's he's already like figuring out what his rhythm and stuff is going to be like, mm-hmm. and he's going to figure you know he's going to figure out what workouts that he's going to do. Like look at look at how leaned out LeBron got. LeBron looks yeah. more fit now than he did when he was eighteen years old. Yeah, that was intentional for sure. He lo- he lightened the load on his body, right? And mm-hmm. and so he again he's the man spent a million dollars on his body. So yeah, yeah that's gonna gonna do some things to that you know when you're having medical professionals uh sports medicine people you know trainers coming and working on you yeah that's gonna happen same thing's gonna happen to zion williamson yeah zion's gonna lean out too unless he eats everything in louisiana he needs to chill out with those po boys (laughs) oh i love po boys yeah Um, cut it back but yeah it's not like there he's still so young as a player Mm -hmm. that his body is going to change in Mm -hmm. the same way that um porzingis his Mm -hmm. body has changed Right, yeah. like he naturally, just, it'll it'll just naturally change. It's not body yeah. shaming. Yeah. I think he's actually quite adorable. Like I think he's like very cute, very handsome. But I'm not hitting on Luca. Like I hit give on it other. a few years and maybe we'll talk. Nah, like he's, he's just yeah. like not my, my my type. Okay, just saying. All right. Well, either, yeah, I think <laughs> I think natural uh, maturity will start to take hold. Sure. And his body will do what it's going to do. But it's as he starts combining that natural maturation with those little nuggets of knowledge from someone like LeBron or other friends right. in the league. And natural trainers. basketball IQ is going to develop even more. Mm-hmm. He's going to be kind of unstoppable. It's going to be... He doesn't have the f- sheer power or force that LeBron has. He doesn't have speed. Mm-hmm. But if he can just... He can work on it. If his athleticism increases... A little more agility and strength, all of that. He's gonna be a problem for a long time. I'm into it. I'm excited. But first of all, uh, I want to give kudos to. I've never criticized uh, Mark Cuban openly, mm-hmm. but I've had this working thought in my head that he really likes white European players. Um, not maybe not always european like he got steve nash he's canadian yeah and then you had your dirk nowitzki who turned out to be six all-time leading scorer in the nba history like good find and then not a bad dude and then you got luca so i'm gonna put aside the idea that maybe you you steer toward the the white star Mm -hmm. for your team and say you look for the gems that maybe other people don't see Mm -hmm. and you or you just like your white players it could be it could be both um but I think him have if he has a player like Luca and you had Nowitzki in your time, let's say what Game of Zone said, you need to do a jersey rebrand. Mm-hmm. Your image, your font, your jerseys are atrocious. They are not good looking fonts. Your logo is passable and fine, but the colors of the Dallas Mavericks are the most eyesore boring colors in the league for the player you, that you're putting on the court and Luka Doncic please fix that are you trying to to get get a job with no. them to change their logo I'd be worried I get sexually harassed at oh. that place oh. too soon no no just, too just soon. perfect just perfect anything else we want to chat about yeah how do you feel about load management just okay. general thoughts um, I've said it before uh, manage whatever load you need to manage it's your body I agree, but I, I'm also in the. I mean, just. I get it. As a fan, a, I want to see the players I want to see play. I get it. It's not even that. I also am like, 
this is their whole body that they are dealing with. So who am I to be like? Yeah. I don't know. We nope. shouldn't be putting like KD being out there when he shouldn't have been out there. No, that, that was never, an shouldn't have happened. N- it shouldn't have ever happened. And so when I think about that, I'm like, yo, you don't want to play this game because you want to mm-hmm. rest your body because you have 82 games, not including the playoffs mm-hmm. to play. Mm-hmm. I right. have no problem with right. that. Right. But then also, I, yes, you and I have sick days at work. Mm-hmm. I get to use those sick days. Yep. In a player's contract, when we give you $25 million a year, do they talk about sick days? I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm sure it is now a conversation that the people have. It needs to be. Because, I think, I'm sorry, a Kawhi definitely right. talked about it. Right. It's, it's, it's a reason why he left the Spurs. Think about, think about what it is to be someone like Kawhi or a KD or, yeah, guys who barely did college. Mm-hmm. Barely. Yeah. Now they just you, did it to say like I did it for that year. Can yeah, I, can you take me? <laughs> now your health is in the hands of a bunch of people who make money off of you, and they want you on the court. Right, and um, you, you yourself are also making good money. Yeah, but that can all go in the blink. Of, you're making a fraction of that money. Sure. That twenty five mil is actually more like five to ten mil. Right. So you are Both making taxes a, and everything. Yeah, else you're not making yeah. as much as all that. So you're you're going. Into this, knowing that your entire career could go up in smoke, but these guys will still continue to get players and have their jobs and they live comfortably. Right. So it's it's kind of like, but I just want to know where in the 82 days that you're on stage, plus playoffs. Mm-hmm. How many sick days can I, you take? <laughs> I, yeah, I pay you a ton of money, especially to be on national television. Where I just want to know in the Players Association charter and in their their constitution, where is the the union rules around like sick days? I'm sure it's out there. I just don't know. Yeah, I think they should be able to rest their bodies, and I think maybe 82 games does need to be reexamined. Maybe it is too long, but then I also think to myself, these guys now are in better shape than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Resources are so much better. The game is less physical. There's more rules to protect you. Plus, the technology in your shoes. I mean, the dudes in the past were playing on some Converse rubbers. Like they <laughs> yeah, had seriously. no cushion on those joints. Um, you guys have the best tech in the world with air bubbles and boost and everything foam. Right. So I'm like, your bodies take less of a beating now. Are we, are we being a little, are we being too soft on player requests? But also... Kawhi Leonard is the perfect example of someone who knows his body and says, I'm going to play at the level I'm 100%. Well, and then even when I say that, like 100% is not realistic. We all know in the NBA, everybody's playing hurt Mm -hmm. at some point. It's just to what degree are you playing hurt? Um, So I I think about this. I don't like anyone policing my body. Sure. So I'm not going to police yours. Yeah. But I also paid you $30 million to do that. That's the risk you took. I I would hope that. Um, I don't have a problem with load management. I would just hope that the communication around it is... I don't know why people are getting upset about load management unless somewhere in the conversation of contracts, this is not being talked about. Because if the negotiation is on the table, if I want to give you $30 to play all these games and here are the incentives and blah, 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 and Kawhi comes to the table and says, I want to take off 10 games a year. 10 to 15 mm-hmm. by choice. Now, if I get injured, I'm taking off more, obviously. Sure. But at least 10 to 15, I'm guaranteed sick days. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 
that affects the price at which you pay him, then the negotiation can be reduced to like, okay, we're going to pay you $27 million. Right. We're going to pay you 25 whatever. You work out a number that way. But if it was like 30 and you're going to play unless you're injured, okay, cool, done, here's your 30, you're done. And then load management comes into the conversation with coaching staff and him and everybody else. Then maybe there just needs to be something worked out with that. Mm-hmm. So I just think maybe communications a little bit. I don't have. I think I think the idea of like it's a national televised game, so they should be playing doesn't resonate with me. Doesn't I'm like I don't care all. if it's on TV or not. Me watching, me looking forward to watching a game on Saturday. Because my favorite player's playing does not supersede that Just person's health. It. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's fair. I think if you are emotionally intelligent enough, that is that's just common sense. Yeah. Just saying. Um, All right, buddy. Let's talk about some dope people, huh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right, folks. It is our third and final segment where we talk about our dope person or persons of the week. Um, and yeah, we talk about some dope people who are doing dope things. Uh, some may be related to basketball, some may be related to just life. Um, and I believe I am first this week. So this week, my dope person is um, a 17 year old named Ruquan Ru Brown, um, who is a high school senior and got accepted to 24 colleges. Seven of them were Ivies. Oh, damn. Um, and launched a company to end gun violence. Hmm. So um, he has a 3.9 grade point average. Um, he's he's like 13, 20 on his SATs. Um, he plays football and track. Um, he's a running 40 yards in four point. He runs a uh, 40 yards in 4.3 seconds, star wide receiver and a cornerback. He's just kind of like an all around, like, wow, pretty cool kid. Um, but I think what's pretty interesting outside of his like academic achievements and his achievements outside of academics with, when it comes to sports is the fact that he established a company, a clothing line, uh, by the name of love one love with the number one right next to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's tackling gun violence head on. Um, so specifically in 2017 Rue's uh, teammate and friends, uh, was murdered in Washington DC and one year later because of gun violence mm-hmm. and one year later his stepfather was murdered in October 2018 so literally a year almost a year and a month later his stepfather was murdered in Tulsa Oklahoma and though they were I would you know you could say that they that's pretty devastating tragedies to go through um he managed to maintain his studies be involved in his sports and somehow find a way to create this company mm-hmm. And so his company is called Love One, and it started in honor of them. Um, he said he wanted to beat uh, gun violence to the punch so that our families don't have to continually fall victim to tragic losses. Um, he donates 20% of his proceeds to an organization in New Jersey called One Gun, Gu- One Gun Gone, or, uh, also known as OGG, um, and bu- that buys guns from New Jersey communities and turns them into art, which is kind of cool. Um, and again, he's saying we're eliminating a small fragment of the problem in order to reduce the amount of our loved ones being taken from us too soon. So, um, yeah, I, it's just so cool to see a 17 year old go through something so horrible twice 
and still have the tenacity and the resilience to continue to do good in school and outside of school and get into these like really great ivies and schools all over the place but also be like i'm gonna try to make a difference in this world so what i went through doesn't happen to other people so rue you're my dope person continue doing you happy to support and um make you make you do great things i think this is him on the commercial of the loved one facebook page pretty sure this is what he looks like if this helps you yeah that's him yeah uh interesting okay i see the hoodies i see the shirts all right i see you player yeah i'm into it looks great that's a great dope person yeah man that buddy i can't (laughs) i legit can't um this guy is gonna go to some really great school and he's gonna do really good things, and I'm excited for. I'm excited for him, man. Yeah. I'm excited for the school, the it institution, ma- his peers. I'm great. excited to see what the what what he makes of his his like future endeavors. Well, I don't got anything to compete with that. I have Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> like I don't. It's not a bad one. I mean, he's been doing. We listen, have not talked about him in a dope person kind of way right. ever. Well, in ninety episodes, so gonna, let this be it. We're gonna use this opportunity to mm-hmm. talk about Carmelo Anthony and what he's about. So, I've there's several websites mm-hmm. that offer facts about Carmelo Anthony. They all have the same facts. It's just a number of which facts they choose to highlight. I chose uh, a site for kids. Uh, facts for kids about Carmelo Anthony. Someone made this. All right. Here we go. So, um, oh boy. Where to start? Did you know how tall is Carmelo Anthony? Six. Six. No, six, eight. Uh, how <laughs> much does he weigh? I am bad at this. 240. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say 250. Played for the Denver Nuggets, the New York Knicks, the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and now, as of today, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Carmelo Anthony was born on May 29th, 1984, in Brooklyn, New York. His middle name is Kayam. He's named after his Puerto Rican father, who was sadly passed away when Carmelo was just two years of age. Oh, that's so sad. Carmelo was raised in Red Hook Project as a small child. The Red Hook Project is a neighborhood based in Brooklyn. Um, He moved to Baltimore at the age of eight with his family. He focused on sports throughout his childhood, um, and it gave him a way out from a community that had a lot of uh, violence and drugs. And Carmelo attended Towson Catholic High School, based, I think, out of Towson University in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Towson Catholic High School in Baltimore. He played basketball at the school and soon earned himself the title of Baltimore Suns Metro Player of the Year in 2001. His sport, 2001, look how fast this turnaround will be, because in 2003, he wins the championship for Syracuse. Mm -hmm. His sporting abilities were credit to high school. He wasn't a star pupil. Um, And he skipped school a lot. He was suspended from school a number of times for not showing up. Happens. Yeah, it it does. We're all young at one point in our lives. Carmelo transferred to Oak Hill Academy in Virginia, where he won the tournament MVP in one of the uh, competitions. They also won other important tournaments, including the Nike Academy National Invitational. 
During Carmelo Anthony's senior year at Oak Hill Academy, he averaged 21.7 points, 8.1 rebounds, and 4 assists. That ain't bad, young fella. No. During the 2002, actually, I should say also, I read that his team had a 42-game win streak at one point with him wow. at Oak Hill. 42 games in a row. Man, that as someone who used to play high school basketball... If a team had 42 wins, people came at you every night and couldn't knock you off. Yeah. That's some kind of squad. Um, That's cool. Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo then played for the Syracuse Orangemen, where he earned the first ever NCAA tournament for that school in 2003. I remember it. And he averaged uh, 20, I believe, 22 points and 10 rebounds during that year. Wow. He won freshman of the year in the uh, Big East. He was named second-team All-American by the Associated Press. Uh, Carmelo was chosen by the Denver Nuggets in 2003 in the NBA draft. So from 2001, where he was in Baltimore, mm-hmm. as a kid, just in a neighborhood that wasn't very good, he just skipped school and all this sort of stuff. He went to Virginia Academy, Military Academy, then went to Syracuse, won a national championship, said he wanted to stay two or three years at Syracuse, but he had already achieved all his goals, right. won all these awards, won them a championship. Happened only in one year. His coach Jim Beheim said, "Yeah, you should just go to the draft because yeah. you're ready." I think you, um, I think you're good. He yeah. said he was the best player in college basketball. Period is what his coach said at the time. Like, there's nobody better than Carmelo Anthony, and he's only a freshman. So he left Denver in 2011. Uh, we just sped through that. Um, he was the youngest player in history to score. Sorry, Carmelo achieved the incredible record uh, when he became the second youngest player in NBA history to score 30 points in a game. Second youngest, wow. Carmelo Anthony. Um, man. So he went to the Knicks in 2011. We all know how that ended. And then uh, he scored 62 points on 2000, in 2014 against the... It doesn't say who. He scored 62 points in a game, and that's his career high for a single game. And then Carmelo Anthony set another record in 2012 when he achieved 37 points against Nigeria uh, in the USA men's basketball game, where he also won a gold medal that year. Carmelo has three gold medals, and he is the all-time leading scorer in USA basketball men's division. So those are the facts I have about Carmelo Anthony. Besides that... Not a lot out there about Carmelo. No, I and think, it makes me think he's a little private. Uh, yeah. Except except when media. he's like making out with a woman that isn't his wife. So that's kind of weird. I mean, you know, I thought you'd bring that up. You know, just I just it's I don't think he like Facetimed or Instagrammed about it. It wasn't on his stories. I don't even know if he has stories. If he's on the well, the somebody IG. well somebody Instagrammed it and made sure everybody knew. So yeah, well, you know, him and Lala figured that out on their time. I mean, Lala's living her best life. She's looking good every day. Sure, sure. Just saying. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Carmelo is uh, my dope person of the week for having a job. For having a job, job. and I'm happy for him. I'm wishing him nothing but success and good and goodness. So Mm -hmm. keep it, keep it moving. Um. Well, that's our cast for the day. For those of you. 
who haven't, make sure you're following us on our social media platform and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Is there anything that you'd like to end off for the good of the order, sir? You know this coming every week. Come on. I know, I know. I was going to say something about Carmelo. I was going to say something about Cap. But I think I just want to say, you know, to the greatest NBA player of our generation and our time, uh, for all that he stands to bring to this game with, you know, the talent and amazing abilities that he's bringing into the fold for the American public to watch, I cannot wait to put on my pair of James Harden's uh, later oh today. My God. So thank you, James Harden, for everything that you do for us on a day to day basis. You're not the hero we deserve, but you're the hero that we have. I'm so bored. All right, folks, be dope, and we'll catch you later. See ya. <laughs>